Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? MagicWithRacingDudes.com, and I am here with a special guest handicapper, Nick Feldman. If you are in the live chat and any of our live shows are part of the comment section, you know him as at Feldyman15. Nick, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, great to be here. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm just excited. Um, kind of a first time, long time, so to speak. So, Yeah, you've been around for a long time. And uh, like I said, a regular person in the chat, like a regular commenter in the chat. And uh, Nick's the person that when Mike likes a horse, then I see Nick's like, oh, yeah, that's my top pick. And it's not anywhere on my ticket. I usually sit there and go, eh, shit. All right. <laughs> that's it. Like Nick's what kind of pushes me over going, I probably made a mistake here. Uh, for people who don't know you, Nick, just uh, real briefly, who are you? How'd you get into horse racing and how long have you been doing it? Um, I uh, grew up in Wisconsin and now I live in California. So um, I got into horse racing around 2015 from a friend who uh, said, hey, there's this thing called the Breeders' Cup and um, it's all the best horses are racing and you can bet on it. And so um, back then it was, you know, $2 exacto boxes and things like that that when you hit for 20 bucks, you felt really happy and uh, just really got into the how special and cool horses are just in general, besides betting. So, um, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, and then went through Twitter, then kind of got um, found there was this whole community of people that are into this and share all their thoughts and podcasts started. And um, it's, it's just a lot of fun to follow everybody and be a part of, um, shows like this that are really interactive with their fans. That's, that's really cool. Well, we're happy to have you here. And, uh, yeah, for people wondering, uh, <laughs> Mike Samich is in uh, Las Vegas. He's been there for a couple of days now. Uh, he's there for NHC, but he's also been on VSIN live, uh, giving out some great, uh, he was on for two hours his first day there. I was like, what was it like doing for two hours? Because your voice completely gone. He's like, oh no, there's two other guys. And he said, oh, it's very professional. He's going to be ruined. He's going to come back to like the live shows that we do in Magic Mike show. He's going to be like, what the hell is this? This is unprofessional. Um, starting five minutes late. We started on time today. As Aaron says, we must start on time. We must have guests here. So uh, we're happy to have you here, Nick. Uh, who is your favorite horse? Maybe not necessarily like the biggest bet that you had, but just your favorite horse of all time since you've been uh, following it. Uh, that's easy. Classic Empire. So he... He was the first horse that I really, like, I watched him break his maiden. And just every race that he had was very exciting when he was two. And that was a special year. And um, that year at Breeders' Cup, you know, I remember having the win bet and the exacta. And just, um, I really thought he was going to win the Derby and uh, had some bad luck out of the gate. But he's by far my favorite horse. And what's funny about that is back then I didn't know what I know now and that was cassie and leperu and i couldn't i mean knowing that is just phenomenal i think that horse was able to accomplish what he did wow shots fired you're in the perfect <laughs> uh perfect show here nick uh my favorite mem one of my earliest memories of horse racing was classic empire in the grade one hopeful at saratoga this horse was you would this horse was so nutty especially as a two-year-old you would have thought that he was a tappet with how crazy he was yeah. he got like what 10 strides out of the gate and literally just decided, no, I don't want to run. And he stopped on a dime and turned. And I read Ortiz Jr. did not. But he just goes, whew, flying right off the top of him. And Classic Empire was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't want to race today and just walked back to the barn. So, Yeah, he was, he was, he had a tough, tough mind of his own. And when he wanted to run, though, he was, he was really good. So, 
That is a uh, that is a great answer, Classic Empire. That was right when I started getting into racing too. So uh, Chris Mello says, Classic Empire losing the Preakness, one of the saddest days of his life, and a lot of friends and family passed. Wow, that uh, oh that is tough. Yeah, he that was a close one. He did lose that to Cloud Computing, I believe, Cloud wasn't computing. it? Yeah, Cloud got hawked down. I was I was jumping. I was at a Preakness party, and I that was the at the time that was the biggest win bet I had ever made on any horse, and unfortunately didn't cash. <laughs> oh boy well hopefully we'll cash this uh ticket we're doing the all stakes pick five at tampa bay downs which is races seven through eleven let's get into it nick riders up Nick, here we go. The first leg of the late pick five at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday, March 11th, race seven, the Columbia Stakes, a one-mile turf route for 10 three-year-old males. Where'd you go on top? Uh, my top pick in this race, um, I, I went back and forth with uh, between the one and the 10, and then I ultimately, I'm a big Irad Ortiz guy, and so I landed on the one on the rail. Um, right now, um, at Tampa, the rail's doing pretty good. According to Brisnet, it's, uh, you know, 16% winners are coming from post one through three. Um, this horse is two for two, um, on turf and looks like at the end of the year, last year, they decided, Hey, let's see how, how good it is and got some Oaks fever and put it in the jockey club. And, um, I think that they're getting back to turf. It's its first race at three years old. Um, if you look at the uh, speed figs um, at two years old with some natural progression at three, we should be right near the top of this field. And um, I just really kind of like this spot. Um, yeah, he's a, that, that, I went five deep here. I definitely think you got to use Freedom Trail. I read's picking up the mount for this uh, for this trainer. Terra Nova is usually up at New York. And so it's interesting that uh, he's never ridden the horse, but he's going to show up here. Uh, the Kentucky Jockey Club, yeah, didn't go well for this horse there, but that's been a key race for a lot of horses coming out of that race. So uh, the fact that this horse was even a participant, I think, is, is just a plus. Uh, didn't work out for him. That's okay. Um, I also uh, I liked the 10. These weren't my top two picks, but they were on my ticket here. Talk of the nation for Suge. Uh, you know, won two of the three starts, including last out. His debut both on turf and going two turns. I thought that was nice. Uh, Shook's five for 13 at the meet. He's eight for 13 in the money and Camacho's winning 25% at the meet. Uh, are you concerned at all about the post here? Cause I know you said you like the 10 as well. Um, I mean a little bit, um, just being outside at Tampa, I think can be tough. Um, but I will say too, another stat that I saw Shug and, uh, Camacho in the last 60 days are 60% together. So Ooh. they're just absolutely on fire. And, um, a lot of times on turf, um, when you see a horse win by an extreme amount of lengths, I think that's a really big sign that the horse could be really good. And I mean, this horse won by, I think, five lengths or four lengths. And um, it's its second turf. You should see some improvement there. Um, and so I, I really like I like this horse a lot. And then I also like the, um, I guess, what did you pick on top? I the nine is a horse that I think everybody's going to see and gravitate towards. So um, is that a horse that you have on top? 
No, I didn't actually use that. We'll come back to it because I know you used uh, this horse. For me, top pick was a seven, Worthington. You, anybody watch this show, you know I love those horses that ran on Stars of Tomorrow. Stars of Tomorrow two card at Churchill Downs, and this horse was a great winner uh, on the turf there in that allowance race. I thought looked really impressive. Uh, went to the Dania Beach Stakes, got third, uh, but you know, Candidate was a decent horse. Major Dude was the favorite. Ended up winning pretty nicely next time out. Uh, a horse that kind of like uh, with Freedom Trail, they were like, hey, let's try the Derby. Did it work out for him in the Sam F. Davis? Absolutely not. Did they immediately make the right decision and go right back to turf? Yes, they did. And it's maker. It's Paco Lopez. Uh, I like the price on this horse and was one that I definitely liked in the Dania Beach. Um, another one I liked too with on top of five lights of Broadway for Mark Cassie and Jaramillo. Love this horse's chances in the grade three kittens. Joy, eh, it was a bad day. We'll just scratch that one out. Uh, third place from that race, dude in Colorado, came back and won that turf stakes pretty nicely at Gulfstream Park last weekend. Um, this is a much easier spot than having to face a horse like dude in Colorado. He's first time gelding here, so that makes me think that an another reason you can just scratch off that the kitten's joy for him that maybe he's just a little nutty and the jockey was like, you got to snip him to make him be more successful. So first time gelding, first time Lasix uh, for Cassie. Jaramillo, uh, 7 for 10 uh, in the money at the meet. He has just one winner, but I feel like you know some of that is racing luck. So you put him on a good horse like this with talent. Uh, I like his chances, and I'm like I'm getting 6 to 1 on him here, Nick. Yeah, I have those. Uh, I have the seven and uh, Cassie horse, the five, kind of on a. If I was like making a C ticket, so I did notice them. I think they're those are most likely the horses that would beat me. I, I would say so, um, but I do like the nine as well. I mean, this horse was uh, a sprinter last year, and now it's getting Sayas, which is a huge jockey upgrade. And then in the and then they put it into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and you know he got the lead and. He turned for home with the, you know, in the stretch with the lead. And, you know, he got caught by um, some good horses, um, some good speed figures that are steadily increasing. Again, I always like uh, the two-year-old, the three-year-old natural jump that you can see, on, you know, on debut or maybe second off here. The My one, I like the nine a lot just on, I think, potential. Maybe it's just a really good horse. The one thing that kind of scares me on the nine is the trainer's stats aren't the best for this situation and coming in here and, and doing that. But, you know, Luis Saez can make up for a lot. So, yeah, I went back and forth on the nine and ended up leaving off because I was afraid the horse was going to be too short of odds with who else I'm using. It's seven to two, uh, deserving price because, like you said, it was, you know, fourth in the British Cup juvenile turf behind two really strong European juveniles. And then Najarak had uh, was stepping up nicely from the sprints as well. So, um, I don't blame you for wanting to use that horse for me because, you know, the way that I structured this um, went a little chalky as well. But uh, we'll move on here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I still have one more to talk about. My uh, my long shot here is number three, uh, a Western Yarn, the local horse, Arnie Delacour. Uh, the he's straight over. Two straight over the course in the distance, both times with Centino aboard. He's going to be back for Delacour. I think this horse is, with that inside draw is a sneaky chance to go gate to wire. Uh, you know, you talked about the nine kind of breaking out a bit farther. This horse, uh, is the one going to go to the lead? No. Is the two going to go to the lead? No. So the three, I think, has an easy shot at the lead into the first turn. And depending on how the turf course plays, depending on what kind of pressure he does or doesn't get, I think the three, especially at 12 to one, I'm going to use him as a chance to go gate to wire. Um, how do you see the pace playing out here? Um, I do think there is um, some pace signed up here, so I, I don't think it's going to be slow. I do know that Tampa typically is hard to wire fields regardless of the pace. It just seems like 
uh, one of the angles, and I've learned this from Samich, uh, um, is when you see a horse that can wire a field at Tampa, you should be paying attention to it just because typically that it's, it means it's a good horse. So um, kind of goes along with that line of when you can wire on synthetic at Gulfstream Park. <laughs> that works out. All right, let's move on. Second leg of the late pick five at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday, March 11th. Race eight. It's the Challenger Stakes. The Mick, I'm sorry, the Michelob Ultra Challenger Stakes. Hey, I enjoy a good Michelob Ultra out on the golf course. Nine older males going a mile and a 16th on the dirt. Uh, I thought about singling here with the number two Skippy Longstocking. He's the eight to five morning line favorite. I didn't end up doing it, but did you at least put Skippy on your ticket? Uh, yeah, he's my top choice. So I'm a. Uh... It's uh, Irad getting back on this horse. Irad and Safi, they're 50% last 60 days. Um, this horse, although did not perform well last out, I think I really like the fact that other horses who also didn't perform well in that race have now come back to run really well. Um, Stiletto Boy and Proxy came back to run 1-2 in the uh, Big Cap, I think it was, last weekend. Mm -hmm. Um and then also defunded came back and I mean, he, he ran a really good race last time too, you know, having to put away all the speed. So other horses who didn't run well that day have come back to run better. Um, I think that, I think this horse was just, it's just not a grade one type horse. I think it's probably better suited in a, the grade threes, the grade twos and, and in that route. Um, and if you look at its figures at this distance, it's got I think two or three triple digit, you know, from Brisnet figures. And, and so I really felt like with how much speed plays at Tampa um, right now, like E style Brisnet horses at this distance at Tampa are winning at 54%. Um, now Skippy's an EP, but he's definitely been on the lead before. And so I rad, I'll trust him. He's got options. I expect him to be on the lead or just, right off and, and and put this horse in a good spot to, to win this race. So um, I, I, I agree with everything that you said there, Nick. I went too deep here, and I think that if it's not Skippy Longstocking, I think it's our old friend Classic Causeway that can take him gate to wire. Remember, he did that twice last year as a three-year-old in the Derby preps. Uh, went gate to wire both times in the Davis and the Tampa Bay Derby. If he breaks sharp like he did in those races, if you remember, like the gates were open and he's gone. You're like, how the hell did that horse even get out of the gate that quickly? Uh, he could be gone just like, you know, Golden Pal. But that's also the, a good comparison that if Golden Pal didn't get out of the gate properly, he didn't have any chance. So Classic Causeway is kind of a boomer bust. I'm happy that he's 9-2. to two. Anything shorter than that, I'd be a little hesitant using him with Skippy as well. But um, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I know that you like Classic Causeway as well. Probably the gate to wire threat. What kind of a trip do you see the one trademark having? Because I know you like him as well. Yeah, I like uh, trademark to um, probably be in that pocket, you know, two to three, four off the lead. I have a feeling some are going to clear over the top of them. Um, I, I, he, I included him because he's two for his last two. He's three for six at the distance. Um, it looks like a horse that just started to get pretty good at the end of its three-year-old season. And, now here we are jumping up at four. Um, I'm not sure, again, Vicki Oliver, her stats as a trainer in this spot, not the best, but it looks like, I, from what I can tell, it looks like she just brought two good horses to this day that look like, you know, she she might have spotted them well. So um, I, did, I did have the one. Um, another uh, pick that I actually like a lot is uh, Tax, the seven-year-old. Um, 
he you, you got to kind of uh, give him some um, you got to be willing to throw out some races. But um, his last race was turf. Let's toss that. His last race after that was not terrible, but it was uh, an off the um, turf event in the slop. And his last race before that was Saratoga going 10 furlongs. Um, in grade which, one. <laughs> yeah. So if you get back to um, this distance and maybe more of this class level, um, he's got a couple of really good races. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. I kind of felt like I used the four horses that I felt would be um, like one, two, three, four on the track. I, I didn't use anybody that's closing because I just don't think that this track is going to play to any of the closers. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I was trying to play for a little bit of speed on the dirt, especially if like again, like if I think Classic Causeway doesn't get pressured, I think he's going to be pretty hard to uh, hard to reel in, even for Skippy Longstocking. Um, I will let Tax beat me at four to one. If Tax was double that price, sure, we'll talk. But at four to one, you make you make an interesting case for it. Is although Michael Myers says you said throw out some races, the emphasis on the word some. You got if you're gonna get well, I don't, yeah, you're right. I actually, uh, so when I cap, I, I don't use morning lines, and I was shocked, I kind of shocked that he's what is he, the second choice? So, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really expect him. I think, cla- well, I know it's hard for me to do you think that classic Causeway will go off the definite second choice? I do. I think, and I think depending on how like close it is for him or not, I think is a sign about McPeak thinking what his chances are. Cause McPeak will talk a little bit if he thinks that horse is going to blow up. So uh, yeah, but Hey, we'll find out. This is a, it's an interesting race. I won't say this is a bad race. I will say this is a great betting race. And if there's horses you like underneath, uh, if you like closers underneath to maybe hit the board, you got your, your pick of some long shots in here that you can choose from. But let's move on, Nick. The third leg of the late pick five at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday, March 11th, race nine. The grade two Hillsborough Stakes, seven older females going a mile and an eighth on the turf. Chad Brown has three of them in here. I went too deep and just used the two that I liked. I'm really hoping the California Queen doesn't screw me over by leaving her off. Uh, but we both really like Shantasara. Tell me why. I think... Um... I think she's getting ready to have a big year. And uh, I think last race, um, you know, she was, it was her first one off the bench. She was behind and you could tell that about mid midway through the race, you know, I read didn't really ask her a lot and she just started running pretty good. And her late pace figure came back very strong. Um, And I, it just looks to me like if you remember early last year, she was supposed to be kind of, I heard there was buzz that she was supposed to be Chad's horse. And then all of a sudden Regal Glory was like, no, you know, I'm still Regal Glory. And we <laughs> saw some other ones and it looks like maybe, you know, she just had some issues cause she didn't race a lot and um, they had to get her right. Um, I read, you know, in this spot, I don't think, I just don't believe any of these other horses are, are that good. I, I don't trust Rogier. Um, Gam's mission. I've liked a lot, um, but I just think Shantasar is better. Um, so I I'm singling Shantasar. I think this is the spot where I'm going to take a stand. If this horse wins, then I will move on. And if, if she does not, then I am, I am out, but I, I really like her in the spot. Yeah, she, all, all great points on Shandasara, um, including that just really nice second in the Pegasus World Cup, uh, Philly Mare World Cup turf, whatever the hell it's called. 
Um, and again, you scratch off the fall harvest stakes, you know, that's just got a really nice running line there. Three wins, three seconds, and six starts. Won the grade three pucker up at this same distance. So all systems should be go. I did use the four Rougier as well. Um, you know, the other Chad Brown, not the other other Chad Brown, but a huge class drop. She's competed in six straight grade ones. Like, don't forget that about Rougier. She, she's not a name that you're like, yeah, she's won all of those. She's competed in six straight grade ones. Seven of the eight races that she's been in in America were great ones. You know, she did get win the grade one up at Woodbine, the E.P. Taylor Stakes. She won the grade three bogey in her first start uh, for Chad Brown, you know, after she trained changed trainers after the Breeders' Cup. Um, she was a hot horse at three years old going into that Breeders' Cup, by the way. She's got a ton of talent. And I think the presence of Shanna Sara and a lot of people thinking they can single her, it's not a bad single. I think Rogier's price and her value in the pick five is going to grow quite a bit. And I definitely mm-hmm. want her user here um, in this position. The, the other horse, California Queen, neither of us touching this one for me. I, this feels like a horse that's got a great chance to play underneath. I think if you want to play like the two Chad Browns, you know, play six and four on top and then slot California Queen in second or, or third or here in those spots. That's how you can make some money. Do you give her a chance to win this, though? Um, well, based off of last weekend, yes, because Zayez was on a Chad Brown and won at, what, 12 or 13 to 1. That was the other other Chad Brown. And so, you know, he, you know, one thing I will say about Rougier or California Queen is that if you remember last, last year in this race, uh, Bleecker Street, ran huge and Diaz mm-hmm. was on Bleecker street. And I believe there was a different horse that I read was on that people liked. Uh, um, I want to say it was uh, Rocky sky or something. So, and I think that this is just, it seems like this is a race. One of these horses is going to, you know, I don't know which, well, I think it's Shantasara. I just, that's what I really believe just looking at it, but it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden Rogier's mm-hmm. flying home, or even if California queen, um, maybe plays a little bit more of a forward forward race here. And um, I do get scared of the seven because Saez is literally the only early horse in this entire race. <laughs> um, I know it's hard to wire a field at Tampa, but man, I could just see one of those things that the only thing I do feel is that that horse that he's on just, just does not seem like it wants to finish. Um, and so I, I really feel like some of these other ones, Rogier, Shantasara, they'll be good enough to make up the ground regardless of, of the trip for the seven. Yeah, that was my big concern with the seven as well, as I'm not sure that the horse wants to really, you know, finish a race, um, at least going longer than a mile. You know, we're going uh, a mile and eighth. But you were right, by the way. It was Rocky Sky second to Bleecker Street in this race last year. Chad Brown getting the exact. Uh, Bleecker Street was the favorite. Um, and Rocky Sky, the third choice. Actually, I'm sorry, fourth choice in the race because okay. uh, Lady Spice Spear was in it as well. So, uh, but that's where we're going with this one. Let's move on. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday, March 11th. Race 10. It's the Grade Three Florida Oaks. Chad Brown's got another one in here. There's 12 three-year-old Phillies plus two also eligibles. It's a mile the 16th on the turf. Nick, who was your top pick here? I went with the number three, Alpha Bella. Uh, Saez and Pletcher. Um, although the uh, free look looks pretty good, um, I this this Pletcher horse with Saez is going to be its third turf race. Um, it ran it ran a winning race last time out, um, and it got beat because of Cairo Consort's like improbable, crazy, unbelievably fun to watch finish, where she just was 
motoring like a freight train home after a stumble start. And um, I even last race that Cairo concert got beat. I still think she ran pretty good. Um, so I really like Alpha Bella in this spot because of her running style, her um, figures, her, I, I think she's got more improvement there. Um, and this just feels like a race where she's just in a perfect spot. So I really like Alpha Bella here as my top choice. Yeah, I'm with you for all the same reasons that you mentioned, you know, that really nice second last time out. And, and you might look at this, uh, you, not the general, you're not you specifically, Nick, but you could see like, hey, she was 16 to one last time out. And now she's uh, what? She's nine to two on the morning line. It's like, is this a wedding funeral situation? I say no. She was massively under bed last time out. She shouldn't have been 16 to one. Um, I mean, hell, she was even money when she broke her maid in the race before. So I think the 16 to one was just because Cairo Consort was in there taking so much money and deservingly so, you saw an inflated odds. Nine to two actually surprised me. I thought that she'd be closer to the favorite in here. So I'm with you on that for the top pick. My second choice, I'm going to use the five, Dreaming of Snow here, uh, eight to one. You know, a horse that won the Suncoast Stakes last time out at Kentucky Oaks Prep Race, upset Wonder Wheel. Now she shows up on the turf first time. And I thought that was interesting. Why is she on the turf? But the breeding says she should be able to handle it. Uh, she, I think she presents a, a serious pace threat. Camacho keeps them out for Bennett. They're both very high percentage jockey and trainers here. Um, I know that it's hard for horses. You say it's hard for horses to go gate to wire at Tampa. She showed some real strong class in the Sun Coast. And if she handles the turf, Nick, I think she's a pretty strong chance to win here. Yeah, do you? And maybe you know this more than me. Do you? I find so you beat the returning champ and then you just decide to go to turf. I find that very interesting. But my thought was, is that it, maybe it's a timing thing? Is this a race they just felt like would be an opportunity to get a, another pro progress race in her before they go back to the dirt for an, uh, another Oaks race? I, I'm just not sure. Um, it's hard for me to know what, what's going on here. So I didn't even use her. I do think she's super dangerous. So, and, and I'll be, you know, looking at this five probably the entire race because it's it's a it's a horse that you know I, I just decided not to use yeah i don't know anything about that but you're right it's interesting she's had five career starts all on dirt she's won three of them including the sun coast last out and she was i, I might you know you maybe you think well maybe she needs lasix she won the sun coast without lasix that doesn't mean she didn't bleed or maybe that she does need it but she's you know two or three wins came without lasix the only thing i can guess is, is not timing i i think it's really I think that may be a Lasix thing. And that's the only reason I can guess because the Sun Coast didn't exactly give her enough points to go straight into the Kentucky Oaks either. Yeah. Um, she, I think she's definitely going to be dangerous. Um, another <clears throat> horse that I really liked in this spot was um, the uh, Cassie horse on the outside, uh, Ticker Tape Home. So I don't really love the post. Uh, it's, it's way out there. So that's – but – um, you know, I am using four horses in this spot. So, you know, I think it's a horse that, um, I love when a horse has good late pace, but also stretching out And this horse, you know, on some of the figures shows that, um, they also looked like they said, okay, let's see if this horse can get on the uh, Oaks trail. And that did not work at all. And mm -hmm. now you're going to get back to the turf and last year at Woodbine on the turf, ran a really nice seven furlong race, one huge good figure that came back. Um, and here we are at three years old now trying the turf for the first time. I'm getting 15 to one. 
Um, again, don't love this outside post so much, but this is this is another horse that I'm kind of uh, interested in seeing how it does in this spot. Yeah, uh, not a horse that I use, but I know Mike and I, I think one, at least one of us used her in the Suncoast or, or talked about it, probably Mike. Um, that display stakes race that uh, two back was on the synthetic, she missed by a half length. That was against males, so she was taking on the boys in that spot uh, and almost won uh, following her maiden breaking effort. Uh, you know, if it, I think she's a good fit for the turf here. For me, what scared me away the most was the post. Um, she, you would think that she should be able to handle two turns being by Medagliadoro out of a war front mare. But the fact that she kind of was towards the front early and completely wilted on the dirt, seemingly without much of an excuse, I thought, uh, doesn't have me too excited here. But again, the way she broke her maiden would make you think, hey, and, and, you know, she could have a chance here. Um, next up for me, Alpha Bell is my top pick, then Dream of Snow. Third up, I went with the number six Navy Goat at six to one. Horse broke the maiden at Kentucky Downs. It's not an easy thing to do. One of Florida bread stakes going two turns on the synthetic. Last time out of the ginger brew stakes, broke pretty poorly. Still finished a good third to Cairo Consort, the, the undisputed division leader right now for the three-year-old turf Phillies. I, I thought that that was a great effort. And again, a six-to-one price is something that I like here. Yeah, and your your uh, Rosario is riding so bad right now that I'm, you're going to get improvement on whoever Centennial is. <laughs> no offense to him. I, I think I've seen him before, but... With how bad Rosario's running, I would expect honestly it's probably an improvement just just because. So um, <laughs> I definitely this was one of those races where I think you just have to decide how good free look is. And you know, I I used her. I probably should have made it one of these situations where I say, okay, I'm gonna toss her out and I'm gonna try to find others. Um, so maybe that's something like if you know I. I know there's going to be a ticket down here later that we're using, but it's maybe something day of that, you know, as I'm trying to get better at this, I look at this race and I say, maybe this because of the post coming back for the first time, there's a lot in here. There's a lot of opportunity. Maybe this is toss this 10 and then really try to find some, some other horses that make sense. Yeah, we, uh, I, the last one that I used was free look at, at two to one. And you knew she's going to be a big favorite before you even saw the lines and, you know, her two stakes races to me, they weren't good visually. The reason I'm using her is because it's Chad and Irad and it's a Clarevich horse. It's the only one Chad has in the race. It's at Tampa, a track where he usually dominates when he brings them over on days like this. I would be very upset if I've got a short price ticket anyways for 50 cents. I'd be very upset if I missed this because I didn't use Chad, Irad, Clarevich, Turf, Philly, State. Like it just, I have to use her. It's one of those things I'm going to swallow the chalk on this, but. Going five deep, and, and I used her. I kind of avoided some of the other prices. Yeah, and it also kind of feels like last week at Gulfstream was Chad Brown waking up out of his winter slumber. You can <laughs> tell he's he's got more horses entered. It looks like they're you know they're unleashing the garage a little bit, and so now I see some of his horses running. These um, this horse kind of feels like it could be also like maybe it's a not the goal right. It's coming back, and maybe something at Keeneland or later down coming up that might be um, something it can uh, be pointed towards. I don't know that, but that's just sometimes my guess. I think it only had five works coming into this. Um, so not for Chad Brown, I'm sure, you know, that's, that's good enough, but I definitely, the other thing on this horse, it just might be better than everybody. I mean, it just, it could be, I, I don't know. Uh, last horse that you use, we haven't talked about yet. The number eight Juniper's moon. You're going for a bit of a long shot here. Paco Lopez going to ride, 
for Tony Dutrow, whose uh, brother Richard finally allowed to train again after a 10-year ban. Uh, but Juniper's Moon shows up here, went gate to wire to break the maiden over this course. To me, I, I didn't use because, A, I don't think she's fast enough to go gate to wire like she did when she won. And I also, you know, maiden straight up to a stakes race here. This is it's a tough ask for her, but tell me why you like this horse. Um, I like this horse. It's a big purchase price. And again, one of my keys is this horse. Uh, and maybe the figure didn't come back or maybe the time didn't come back the best, but it did wire um, the field. And I just think that it could be a, a pretty talented horse. Um, I like that we're going straight from a, a maiden breaker into a stakes race. It shows confidence. Um, this is a horse through my years where I was, I was a lot of people will say, well, it's a good time to fade maidens the first time they're going against winners. But sometimes if you're getting 20 to one and you, and you have a horse that I think looks pretty good or could be really good. Um, this, this could be a spot for, it. and I don't expect it actually to be on the lead. Um, I think it can stalk. I don't, and, and, or press and, and be maybe one of the first horses to kind of hit the front after the speed comes back and try to hold off some of the, the other horses. So um, that's why I used uh, Jupiter's Jupiter, Juniper's moon. <laughs> and Paco Lopez five for 12 at the meet riding right now, 42% winning rate. So you got a good jockey to, uh, to put a board here. Um, and it, like Mike says, I'm not going to talk you off a 20 to one shot here. Uh, last one for me, uh, I did use a 12 to one long shot on the rail mission of joy, grand motion, a horse that's won two straight over this course, going a mile. Gonna stretch out to mile 16. She's by kittens. Joy shouldn't have any trouble stretching out. Uh, not only does she win those two races, uh, the only two times she's tried turf and the only two times she's tried going two turns, she won it by open lengths, a combined six lengths for those two victories. We're stepping up in class, but definitely presents, I think, a very strong long shot chance being kind of the local horse. She can press the pace. She can sit off the pace, uh, do whatever is necessary here. As long as she breaks cleanly, I think she's going to be tough. And I bet if you're at NHC, Mike Samich might be looking at a horse like Mission of Joy at 12 to 1 uh, for a play like that. Yeah, I think uh, you made some really good points. I think I might have to adjust the ticket and make sure I don't <laughs> make sure I don't. The more I the more that we talk through this race, I think the first time I went through it, I, maybe it was because I was so I liked Alpha Bella so much. I kind of thought, OK, if she doesn't win, then the Chad's going to win and, and maybe somebody else. But the more that we talk about this race, I I think there's some other ones in here that are better than I uh, kind of anticipated. So it might need to make sure that I go a little deeper. Well, and that's why you should always, uh, even if you listen to the show, make sure you follow us on Twitter so that you are getting uh, any kind of updates that we might put out for our tickets. Uh, real quick, I know this horse has come up in the chat a little bit. Neither of us used the 11, Grace Darling, uh, for trainer Brian Lynch. She's an Irish bred filly, uh, made her two starts overseas, still a maiden, came to Gulfstream Park, won her debut from last of seven to win by two lengths. Going two turns, it was seven and a half furlongs, but that for whatever reason, that still can be two turns at Gulfstream. Um, with show up here, you know, the horse should you would think be able to stretch out or, or step up a little bit. I didn't use Grace Darling, a combination of the post, and I'm like, this is maidens, too. There's enough fillies in here with experience that I think can make it tough on her. Um, and also, you know, I know that you're not a fan of Julian Lepreau, maybe that's why you avoided the 11, but did you at least consider? Uh, I did see it, and if this is a uh, um. I think if Michael Myers was on this horse, that's definitely something you're going to want to, you know, think about because he uh, he he likes to come up with with the horses like this all the time, and he's pretty good at finding them. So, um, 
again, this is one where, yeah, Ju I, I usually like Julian when he's on speed. To, to, to think that um, he's going to get the job done from the back of the pack is hard for me to believe. But, um, again, I like – Lynch is a great um, – great trainer and he's has been doing really well so um maybe sometimes you know you can't put too much on the jockeys right i mean it still is the horse and and where the trainer puts it and um but you know it's a tough post and i think it's it's definitely a, another reason why as we kind of went through here there's a lot of horses that could jump up and looks like they uh their trainers at least aren't afraid of of you know who showed up here and they really have a they really think they have a good chance to win yeah, and she, I mean, the the race that she had, you know, she came, like I said, came from last, but she had to run between horses. I thought visually it was good. I think, you know, a combination of the post, the step up in class, it's, I'll wait and see. I'll, I'll let her beat me, but, it, you know, if, what is she, eight to one? It's not bad. That might be a horse that people look at for NHC as well. All right, Nick, we got one race left here, the biggest race of the weekend. Uh, There's the race 11, the grade three Tampa Bay Derby. We've got a field of 12, three old males going a mile and a 16th. On the dirt, 50 Kentucky Derby points to the winner. I'll get it out of the way right now. I singled the 8-5 to five favorite tap at Trice, your sixth horse for Todd Pletcher, Luis Saez, back in the saddle. This is a horse right now I think is a, a legitimate top five Kentucky Derby contender. Um, he's going to be a short price, but he's got the field's best trainer. He's got the highest speed rating. Uh, he's got the, the best visually looking performances on the track. Uh, don't forget Shesterkin, who's in this race as well, the nine horse, his stable mate. Shesterkin was favored when they faced each other in that allowance at Gulfstream Park. Tappet Trice is, is now going to be the favorite, but Tappet Trice reeled him in very nicely. Um, so I singled him here. I know in your press ticket, you singled him as well. So we don't need to talk about him. Uh, tell me about the other three horses that you're looking to use on your 50 cent ticket. Um, well, I will kind of mention just one quick thing about him. One thing that if you no, absolutely not. I'm kidding. If you look at, I think it's interesting that Saez has decided to come here to ride Tappet Trice and Secret Oath is running at Oaklawn on Saturday as well. And she projects to be running in a grade one race the rest of the year and potentially win the Breeders' Cup at the end of the year. And I know that you can't, I don't know the whole stories of why or why he's not there, but this might maybe say more about what he thinks of Angel of Empire and Instant Coffee as well, because if he's giving up secret oath to come here to ride this horse for the Derby, it might, you know, I think that's a, I, I just think it looks really good. And I, and if you like Tappet Trice, I think that's just another tip in the cap, so to speak. Um, when it comes to the other two horses that I used uh, again, I love first time I read Ortiz mounts. I just feel like he is one jockey that I know for sure. I can expect that classic legacy is going to get the best ride of its career at this point And in this race, <laughs> and this horse, if you watched last race, it, it junior, it broke. Okay. But then he kind of, I don't know if I'm not great at knowing whether this is the jockey or the horse. So I don't, don't put a lot of stock into this, but if you just watch it, it broke. Okay. But then it kind of just found itself at the back of the pack. It was wide on the first turn. It was wide down the back stretch. And then it, and then it made a, a move coming around the final turn and was wide and, and made up ground and then kind of flattened out at the very end. Um, but that was its first time around two turns and um, that's first race of the year. So now we're second time around two turns. We're second off the layoff. We're getting IRAD and let's not forget Bill Mott. And also this is the art collector connections. Um, 
I, I just think like if for whatever reason Tappet Trice just isn't the horse that everyone thinks he is, don't it's Irad's going to be rolling, right? So that's I think that he's a potential of the rest of this group, which I don't think is that good. That has a lot of um, opportunity for improvement. Um, and then the other horse that I use is, and I this is one of those where if you get to the last leg and you're sitting there thinking like I've got this wrapped up in the bag, and it's Tampa and it's dirt and it's eight and a half furlongs, and you get wired by like a thirty to one. Um, I, I projected that horse of dreaming of Kona. Um, I think last out, he just did not get the break and he was pretty much done. I do think he's the speed of the speed. And now he's inside of Shesterkin. He's inside of Champion's Dream. He's inside of Prairie Hawk. The horses to his immediate inside are not that fast out of the gate. I think he's going to be on the lead. And if Tampa's having one of those days where speed's carrying, it's also his second time around two turns. Um, when he was a two-year-old, he's had some good, good, strong races up front. So as just kind of a throw it in there, if I get my single home and I'm on this last leg, I, I, I find a horse that could be on the front end the whole way around. Uh Boy, some interesting horses in here. Zydeco uh, is one that came up. There's coming up in the chat as well. But uh, as far as the one that you talked about here, Nick, uh, Dreaming of Kona didn't win the Mucho Macho Man stakes. He, I know he got put up first for disqualification, but um, it, and he, I didn't think he was winning that race. Uh, I know his path got veered out, but still. Um, the, the Sam F. Davis stakes over this course was not a good effort for him. I don't mm. see anything changing uh, for him in the situation, as far as the three classic legacy goes, he comes out of that race that Rudder's men won, uh, broke his maiden back in October, back at, at uh, Belmont at the Big A, and he had classic legacy and classic catch both break their maidens next out out of that race. All of those horses have not done well since they've broken their maidens, and that to me is a big concern as well, is that the Rudder's men maiden race that we thought was going to be great on January 1st is coming to look back like, ooh, ooh, maybe, no, a lot of overhyped horses there. Um I'm not a big fan of litigate. And so the fact that he wasn't that close to litigate uh, in the Sam F Davis turned me off, but you are going to be getting some prices on those horses. Um, I, I know someone else brought up champions dream, the 10 horse. He is a, you know, a Kentucky Derby prep race winner. He did win the Nashua stakes uh, last year at aqueduct when he was with Danny Gargan. Now he's with Mark Cassie, almost won the Pasco stakes as a favorite. Uh, you could argue maybe he just needed the time off or to knock the rust off. Uh, the Sam F. Davis stakes, you know, set the pace a little bit, just completely quit about halfway through that. I didn't see any reason why I would want to play the horse here in this scenario. Did you consider the 10 at all? Um, I looked at him. It was one of those things where um, when I was determining who I, as a price who could be on the lead, um, obviously there's a few in here. Shesterkin's going to go. Zydeco is going to go. Prairie Hawk, I think, is going to try to go a little bit better than he did. Um and so when it came to Champion's Dream being up near the lead, I just kind of felt like if we're going to do a redo on some of those horses that are already run against each other, I'll just try to take the inside horse that I think will maybe make make the first turn. Um, and some of those might get, you know, put out wider than they want. And then at that point, they're all quit. I don't think um, – I think Tappet Trice is, is pretty good in the spot. And if he doesn't win, I really expect it to be – it would be Irad. But – you know, it's horse racing and I've seen uh, the horse that's in the third leg or the second leg that uh, beat Wonder Wheel is kind of like a dreaming of Kona type horse where it just kept going. And um, 
sometimes you got to play for that. To your point on classic legacy, and, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, I read Ortiz Jr. did ride Shisterkin uh, in his first two starts. He rode him to break the maiden very nicely, and then in the second race when he lost to Tappet Trice, you know he's not riding him here. That's going to Zayas, and and you know they're adding blinkers. I'm a little scared of Shisterkin in this spot to uh, want to touch him anywhere at nine to two. But uh, that's our pitch for the Tampa Bay Derby. We'll wrap things up here, Nick. Uh, we'll go ahead and give out our tickets one last time. And I've got yours down below in case you forget them. But I'll start off. I'm going to go for 50 cents. I'll go one, three, five, seven, ten with two, four, with four, six, with one, three, five, six, ten. And then singling the six, tap it twice in the last for $50. Uh, as Aaron said so famously, uh, if tap it twice doesn't win this race, they might as well just retire him. Where are you going with your tickets starting with the 50 center? All right, I'm going out uh, in the first leg. I'm going one ten nine with two seven one four with six is my single, and then with three twelve ten eight with six three eight, and that should be seventy two cents. Um, and then the two dollar press ticket is uh, one ten with two seven with six. With three, 12, 10, with six. And that one's going to be for uh, for $24. Uh, over at racenews.com, not only is it Tampa Bay Derby uh, weekend over at Tampa Bay Downs, but you've also got uh, the Azari Stakes Secret Oath. I thought that was a great point that you brought up. Luis Saez is here to ride tap at Trice for a potential Derby bound instead of being with Secret Oath, who is going to be, you know, assuming she comes out of the race well, is going to target the grade one Apple Blossom. That's a $600,000 purse as well, so a nice payday for the winning jockey for that race. Uh, also this weekend, uh, the Kentucky Derby future wager pool five opens, and then it's also uh, the Kentucky Oaks pool. I know you never talk about this a little bit, but let's go through it, Nick, if you have a minute. Uh, horses that you kind of like for the Derby future wager based off of the morning line odds. Well, the one horse that uh, we both like isn't even available. <laughs> um, uh, we talked about a little bit, but um, I, I, uh, these are always tough because I will say if there's a horse that's going to, if you like a horse that's going to pop in one of these uh, final preps and you want to bet it, now would be the weekend to do it because you're going to, it's not running this weekend. And, uh, you know, if it pulls like a Taiba type effort where it could be 30, 40, 50 to one, and then all of a sudden you win the horses that win these final preps, you're going to be, you know, some of the favorites in the Derby. So, you're, you're not going to get the price that you want. Um, I didn't go through it like um, too close, but I will say um, intriguing to me would be the 99 to one uh, Cagalistoro for Sherry Davu. Um, she really likes the source. She said publicly that they're going to, they're going to go to the, I believe the Louisiana Derby, give it one more chance. Um, this horse is still young and developing, um, it's 99 to one. So, you know, that's worth 10 bucks. And again, mm -hmm. if all of a sudden that horse runs a huge Louisiana Derby and wins, you're not getting 99 to one. That'll be, it'll be one of the favorites, you know, or one of the top five, six horses. Um, it's amazing to me how many, sorry, it's amazing oh. to me how many horses are, you know, they're not going to run in the Derby. <laughs> it happens. I mean, even this late, right? Pool five and there's one pool left after this one. Um, a couple horses that are new here that are international. You've got 50 to one on both of them. The number six Cairo for Aiden O'Brien 
the horse has got three wins in two seconds and five lifetime starts and just won um, an all-weather race by two lengths uh, to start off uh, his three-year-old campaign. So watch out for him. He's by quality road out of a Galileo mare, so should logically handle dirt, definitely should be able to handle distance. Um, that could be the Aiden horse for the Derby. See if he has any better luck than he's had in the past with those horses. And then Mandarin Hero, the number 24 horse uh, from Japan, is going to come over to California at the end of this month. He's targeting the Santa Anita Derby. And so you could actually get him at 50 to 1 uh, on the morning line here as well. That's an interesting move that they're not like trying to get in through the Japan road, which would theoretically be much easier. They're just coming over now. They're like, let's see what we have now. That's kind of a ballsy move. So uh, we'll see what happens. Tons of questions are going to be about that horse leading up to the handicapping as well. So I can pretty much guarantee we're not going to touch that race on this show. But thank you again, Nick, uh, for joining me. Real glad to have you pinch hit for Mike. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Feldyman. That is at F-E-L-D-Y-M-A-N, number one, number five. Did that off the top of my head. Uh, good luck to the... Good luck to you this weekend, and uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? Uh, no, I'm just going to wish uh, uh, NHC is this weekend, so um, I'm going to wish good luck to uh, Samich and anybody else that's playing or following along. I think that's really cool. So maybe one day um, I'll try to qualify for that tournament. But um, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's it. Uh, it's kind of a lull before the storm this weekend, and then we've got uh, the the big preps coming up at the end of March and early April, so it's 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 fast approaching. <laughs> uh, make sure you tune in uh, on Saturday. We'll have a racing dudes live with uh, I know Aaron and I will be doing it. Samich will be busy at NHC, but uh, we'll be covering the Tampa Bay Derby and the Azari Stakes. So it will be live. I believe that is from two to three Pacific. So uh, here at YouTube.com/slash/RacingDudes and RacingDudes.com. Again for Nick Feldman, for Mike Samich at NHC and the Racing Dudes crew. I'm Magic. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you next time. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.